Well, I'm joined by Jess Carrington. Jesse, thanks for coming on the Race Hour podcast. Of course, it's been, a, well, I guess, a difficult week in some ways, but a week of remembering the great horse that was Moscow Flyer, sadly died at the age of 22, down at the National Stud. A horse of a lifetime, you described him. Yes, he was a horse of a lifetime. You know, he, he just was so amazing. He used to come out, win races. Um, every time he turned up, he, you knew he was going to most likely win. And, you know... It was only when he retired you realised um, what he actually did, um, and uh, you know that—that's what is so amazing. And I suppose now the thing is, since since he has retired, um, that you know we're looking back on his career, and you know, I in the in the um, intervening what ten years since he retired, uh, one forgets how good he was. He was a remarkable horse. He he managed, I think, once you picked him up. What did he cost, Jesse? Seventeen thousand guineas, something like that. Yeah, seventeen thousand is what he cost. And was he bought by Johnny? Did Johnny pick him up in the sales? Yeah, Johnny and I, we both we we, we were at the sales together. Johnny found him. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent me down to look at him, and then we went back and looked again. You know the usual thing, and and um, we were slightly at the end of our tether because we'd have a, had an order to buy a horse for. Brown Carney, who I at that stage I had never even met. I'd, I'd met his son, um, and um, I, you know I, we were getting towards the end of the Derby sale, and and we hadn't been able to buy one within the sort of budget. Um, and and then he came up, and we uh, and we bought him for seventeen. I heard Eamon Lee, I think, on at the races. Of course, a, a big member of your yard at Commonstown say that he was bought as a three-mile chaser. Yeah, we were looking at his pedigree, uh, you know, we, we actually thought that he'd easily get three miles. Um, and we were slightly surprised when, um, you know, we, we realised, looking, looking back, and hindsight is always wonderful, uh, that um, on, on looking back on it, that he actually, the reason why he never won a bumper was because he actually didn't stay two miles on the flat. That's remarkable, isn't it? I was going to ask you, were any alarm bells ringing when I think he had four bumper starts and didn't pick one up? Were you surprised at the time? Well, I was a little bit sort of, I was actually a little bit anxious because, you know, we'd, we'd bought him, you know, in the hope that he would be, was going to be a good horse and all of a sudden we were struggling to win a bumper. Um, and, um, you know, so we were, we were slightly sort of puzzled. Um, and, of course, when you look back on it, you, you, you can see the total reason why he didn't. And at, at one stage, in his last bumper he ran in, which was in May at Navan, just before he went out for summer's grass, um, I actually ran him in a two-and-a-half-mile bumper, thinking all he did was stay, and really, probably, I needed a three-mile bumper for him to get him to win. <laughs> how, how wrong was I? Yeah, massively so, but why well, he, he really repaid everyone's uh, faith in him, didn't he, in the end? And once, once he did take over hurdles, he was pretty unstoppable. Once he hit fences, he was absolutely unstoppable. I think when he first went over hurdles, I think when he, when he started winning, he went and won the Royal Bond, only a four-runner affair at Fairy House, but... I think the horse that was second stage affair was second to Isterbrack in a, in a Leperstown champion after that. You knew what you had then? Yeah, we knew what we had. And then I was in, you know, like like the horses are, they're, they're great levelers for you. And um, he was all going fine. And, you know, Brown's big ambition was really, you know, let's try and get to Cheltenham. Um, and we were all lined up to go to, you know, thinking, all right, go, we'll go to Cheltenham. Um, and... You know that'll be great, and uh, so I said, "Look, if we're going to try and aim it at Charles, 
he he's had three wins this side of Christmas. We'll we'll give him to give him one run and then go to Cheltenham. And at that stage, you know, it shows how much I knew. Uh, we were very much leaning towards the two mile five at Cheltenham rather than the supreme novices. Yeah. Um, but in the middle, in the middle of, I ran him in a schooling race in the middle of January, end of January, and he came back and he was lame, and we discovered that he had a hairline fracture in his pelvis, so we had to stand in for. Oh, it was about uh, six weeks he stood in for, and then we started training again. And I said, right, fine, we'll we'll, we'll get him to Fairy House in Punchestown, and um, I did. I got him to Fairy House, and um, again, I w- I ran him over. Uh, two and a half miles thinking that's his trip um, and um, anyway he completely he lost the plot in the parade ring and he <laughs> boiled over he was so excited about having getting out again having you know not raced for probably the best part of five months um, anyway he got beaten he finished third I think mm. uh, so anyway Eamon and I had a little discussion and we both reckoned that we A didn't have him fit enough and um, and B that you know really we should uh, we th- we thought then well maybe he he is only a, a two and a half mile horse and so we 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 ran him in Punchestown in the the, the, the two mile novice and he took on South Salita Bay who'd won the supreme novices at Cheltenham and he absolutely trounced them by I think ten lengths it was on, well, probably one of his biggest winning margins. Um, and and that's how he ended up his his novice career. Finish and we did up. then think we had a very good horse. Very much so. Uh, he had a year um, uh, over hurdles because him and um, Isterbrack took each other on three times. And the first time they took them on, uh, each other on in the Irish Champion hurdle, um, Moscow Flyer fell at the second last, and Isterbrack won. Um, no, sorry, that was at uh, yeah, that, uh, no, that was at the um, sorry, that was at Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the Irish Champion Hurdle again at back at Leopardstown, and Isterbrack fell at the last, and Moscow won. Um, and then we went, we were back in Leopardstown again because Punch. Well, then um, Cheltenham didn't happen yeah. because of the foot and mouth. And we were then back in Punch in 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 um, Leopardstown for because it was no Punchestown that year for the Irish shell champion hurdle right. and uh, then again that time uh, Mr. Rack fell at the last and Moscow won so it was a sort of a bittersweet thing that you know that you know they met three times and they never actually fought out a finish that's remarkable isn't it because it, as well yeah. as if, if Mr. Brack hadn't have been around Moscow would have been leading the way there anyway and to never duel out a finish is pretty remarkable and then it was Fences Jesse and well I think yeah. over but, a period of time you know, gone uh, no, really, the thing was that what happened because we never went to Cheltenham, and you know, if he had won the champion hurdle, say beating Isterbrack, he'd have never gone. Fen- he'd never gone chasing. You would have kept so him to hurdles have, at know, that point. I, I would have kept him to hurdles, but when when you know we got to the, that, the end of that year and he'd have won, and 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 I just I I said to Brian, I said, you know, we bought him as a chaser. Uh, let's go chasing. But if it doesn't work out, we can always switch back by Christmas and go back to hurdling and and so we duly went chasing and we, we I introduced him at Fairy House and um, what did he do at the fourth last he thinks he could walk on water and suddenly realized he was stood off far too far and he wasn't going to make the other side and he takes 
a pretty heavy, horrendous fall, you know. But anyway, luckily he didn't kill himself, and he lived to fight another day. And then, then, then he just took to it like a duck to water, even though that he had um, in the Irish article, he's down as falling. But actually, what happened was he he was very very wet that day. Barry had broken his wrist, so he couldn't ride him. So Paul Maloney rode him. And he jumped the fence perfectly, and then the t- he just tobogganed for about 50 yards on the ground and eventually turned over. Uh, and he was just glittering on the ground. Uh, and that was actually all that happened. But those were the only twice that he actually technically fell. The other ones were rather spectacular unseats. But his record was un- unbelievable. 25 races and only five defeats, all of them when he didn't complete over fences until bumped into Rathgar Bow very late on in his career. Some of the, the great races that he won. I think everyone talks about the Tingle Creek, Jesse, in 2004 um, with Isaiah and World Chief. I'm sure many people have been asking you about that this week and what you're a member of the day. Was it as nerve-wracking as it might have appeared going into a race like that? Well, it was the most amazing race because we'd, we'd, uh, we'd, it sort of had a bit of history behind it because um, we'd, um, he'd, he'd, the, the, the year before he'd beaten Azertiop and Paul Nichols had said, oh, Azertiop, he hadn't been able to get a, well, he had, a, he, he'd put, I'd given him a run, but he'd fallen at the first um, in, in Exeter and therefore he probably wasn't as wound up as he should and been, and then he'd be he'd beaten us in um, Cheltenham when Moscow made one of his most spectacular exits. <laughs> yeah. Um, and anyway, so we, there was a lot of sort of uh, probably a little bit of needle, probably slightly hyped up by the press and everything else. And so anyway, we um, you know we went there on the back of a very good uh, run. We won the four trier at Navan, and we were all guns blazing, everyone was saying that oh no, Moscow was getting old and um, Azertiot was the young pretender, well he was he was the champion chaser then um, and Welchief had won the article the year before, so you know there was a, it was a, it was going to be a pretty high class race um, but anyway we went into it very confident we had a, we basically had a a, a game plan uh, which was you know take it up and have, have Barry sort of basically to have a few look rounds give out send out stress signals that maybe he he wasn't um, he wasn't going as well as he thought he you know a, rem- a remarkable like a remarkable um, idea when you've got those two guns behind you to do that but it worked a treat didn't it because once they start coming Moscow loved it loved a bit of a battle when they did come did he idle a little bit in front and so that was that was why he got Barry to just make sure they were coming up sides Yes, because when he when he actually was in front, he always was very idle, very very idle, and so um, you know uh, he when he had something on his heels, he always went on again, and that was really the sort of the whole plan. And Barry, well, um, committed to that plan, didn't he? And delivered it. And he delivered, and it was fantastic. And he went on, you know. After that, uh, he I think he won at Christmas and. He had, I think he went straight then to Cheltenham and he won there and, you know, he, he regained his crown, um, but also then went to Aintree um, and, um, uh, and also, you know, won there. So he had a fantastic year that year. He did. And I think that was one of the best two mile divisions in terms of competition for 
Well, probably that we've seen since then. I can't think of the likes of Sprinter Sacker and stuff. They don't have the same competition around them, although there are some very good horses around. That was a bit of a golden generation. Well, I sort of always thought it was a golden generation, but anyway, I'd be, I'd be very biased. You're entitled to be, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you are entitled to be. Uh, but he was, you know, he just was. He had the most, and he was amazing. He was a tremendous character, because I used to ride him when I was allowed to ride him. And Eamon rode him out for years as well. And, um, you know, he, he just was a great character. Uh, he had his own way. He went out in the field every day, but if it was wet or snowing, He'd say, no, I'm not going out there, and, and, and refuse to go out to the field. He'd go back, he'd walk back to his box instead. Um, he was a terrific character, and even, they all said, even at the National Stud, where he spent his final days, they said he was a great character there. They said, you know, apparently when um, Hurricane Fly arrived, um, he squared up to him and gave <laughs> him a couple of belts. Uh, as if to say, you might think you're good, but hang on, I'm still the boss around here. Well, good for him. And some, um, it's a great way, actually, for the horse to have been retired there. The likes of Kicking King, I think Hardy Eustace was down there, Beef or Salmon. Yeah. Uh, they'd have some stories yeah. to swap, wouldn't they, in that paddock? Oh, they would indeed. They'd have a lot, a lot, of, stories to, uh, a lot of stories to swap. They really would. I wanted to, um, his last race was at Cheltenham in New Mills Champion Chase, I think 2006. Easy decision to make to retire him after that spin. He didn't win. I think he finished well, fifth that I'd year. I always said... I think I'd had a bit of a virus in the yard all winter and he wasn't firing. And I'd always said that I wasn't going to go on running him and running him down the field and everything, you know, everything else. So, um, we, we, you know, it was a decision. It was a decision that we, 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 we made and, and I didn't regret it um, uh, at all. You must remember, you did get a final send-off the last race of the Punchestown Festival in 2007 and one Katie Harrington aboard at 18 years old in a two-mile charity race. Absolutely romped home. Yeah, he did. And that had been a funny thing because we'd always said, you know, um, you know, God, what, what, uh, you know, uh, we, we'd had a laugh because Kate was growing up when he was racing. And we'd always said, oh, well, when he retires, you can ride him in the, the charity race. But we sort of always just sort of um, said, uh, well, you know, that, that, you know, that's great. And at Christmas, it sounded a terrific idea. Uh, but the nearer it got to the race and the publicity that went on and everything, suddenly I thought, oh, jeepers, what, what, what have I let myself into? What if he doesn't win? What if he jumps her at the start or runs away with her? Or I, I had a thousand reasons why he wouldn't do it. And I tell you, I was, no one was more relieved when he passed that uh, winning post in front and Kate's still on board, I tell you. Um, and it was great because I think there were grown men crying. I bet. Day. I bet. Uh, a great way to send him off. And, and maybe he got his bumper in the end, Jesse. Yeah, maybe he did get his bumper in the end when he was much stronger and older. <laughs> If you could do it in reverse, that was the good starting point for him. But a fantastic horse. You probably never get one like him again, Jesse, will you? He's a horse in a lifetime for me. Yeah. He really is. You know, definitely a horse in a lifetime. But, you know, there we are. Um, you know, and, you know, the, 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 the era has come to an end. The cycle has turned. And, you know, and it's, I've got some very, very good memories. I bet you have, and so many, many racing fans, a horse that we all wanted to talk about this week, of course, 
was was the great Moscow Flyer. Jesse, thanks for coming on. I might ask you two more questions about um, is there is there anything in the yard that we should keep an eye out for for the coming season? You've got a young Moscow Flyer lurking in there somewhere. Maybe not a horse of a lifetime. Oh, but I something. don't know. I'd love to think I have. Um, maybe I have. I don't know. I've got some. I've got some very nice horses, um, and we'll just have to see how they come on. You know, I've had some nice bumper horses last year that won, yeah. and they're going on over hurdles this year. We've got Sunny May and a nice horse called Someday. You know, they're 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 four year, they're four and five year they're five year olds, but you know, which could go in the right direction. The dream starts now with those types, doesn't it? And Je- and Jeski, how yeah, is Jeski getting on? He's in good form, yeah. He's back here and he's going to go down the three-mile hurdle route. So it'll be probably very competitive as it always is, but we'll see how he gets on. Well, we wish you all the very best. Thanks for spending some time with us on the Race Hour, Jesse. Real pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, well, RIP Moscow Fly, one of the greats. Thank you very much.